Indy, look! Another lost episode, Shorty. Junior, some things are better off lost. Everybody loves chalupas. Everybody wants some now. If you want some chalupas, we're the ones to show you how. This is Richard Field. Alas, I've got some bad news for you. You're listening to the Rish Outcast. Speaking of bad news, uh, I was just leaving and my sister said, Hey, do you have time to take a Redbox movie back for me? Now, Redbox, if you don't know, I'm assuming that it's only an American thing, but I don't know, why not do it everywhere, is a kiosk that they have at various locations where you can rent DVDs and Blu-rays. You swipe your credit card. Oh, and it's got the most insidious, difficult credit card reading device. I mean, it just doesn't work. The last time I rented one, I probably ran my credit card 11 to 14 times before it finally took. It's not one of those where you can insert your card because not all cards here in America have chips. But for some reason, they don't want it to be a simple swiping device because that's too easy to... to I, I, I don't know. But they've got this thing where basically you have to be a prestidigitator to get the credit card to read. Anyway, my sister gave me the disc and said, can you get this to the red box by nine o'clock? And I looked and it was 8.55. And I said, well, yeah, I, I guess. Where's the closest one? Is there, there still there one at the 7-Eleven right by the freeway entrance? She said, no, that one's gone. And I said, oh, okay, well, where's their close one? And she said, oh, there's a close one at Walgreens. And I was like, okay, Walgreens is, it, I mean, it's close. It's just down the block, but I don't know that I could get it there in five minutes. Anyway, my nephew said, oh, hey, there's one at the other 7-Eleven that's just down the street toward, going toward the Walgreens. And so I thought, okay, yeah, that one's going to work. That's what I'll do. And then just as I was leaving, my sister said, oh, you know what? We got one, a movie for the kids, too. And so I had to go find it. It was in the DVD player in the living room. It's a Blu-ray player, and I don't really know how it works because I'm 80 but there's an open close button and I pushed that and it made a noise, but it didn't open. And I had struggled with this thing before. I'm trying to remember what, I, I had a Blu-ray at one point. I, I bought some movie where uh, it was like, you know, $20 if you wanted to buy the movie, but it was $23 if you wanted the DVD with the Blu-ray combo. and. And the Blu-ray version had a bunch of extra features that the DVD didn't have. And so I bought that thinking one day, you know, maybe I would have a coronary. No, thinking that one day maybe I'd have a Blu-ray player. And so I bought that one and I remember trying to get it to open and it wouldn't do it. And so, I, you know, I turned on the Blu-ray player and then pressed open and it started to open and then it closed immediately because it thought I had pressed open twice, which I had. Anyway, so this thing did that today too. So I, I got the disc out on the th third try, the third time I pushed the button. 
and stuck it in the case and jumped in the car and drove down to 7-Eleven. I pulled into the 7-Eleven parking lot, already recording this, and discovered that they didn't have a red box kiosk there. So I did end up having to go to Walgreens and I did not make it by nine o'clock. And uh, that's apropos of nothing. I mean, it doesn't help you in any way. It doesn't entertain you. All it does is uh, make me sad. Let me think. You know, the last time I rented a movie from Redbox. Now, do you remember the episode, the Goodnight Movie House episode? The local theater closed. And I would not have guessed how dependent I was on that local theater for seeing things that I was unwilling to spend 9 to $11 on. Because that theater had been there for so long, I just took it for granted. Anytime there was a movie that I didn't have to see opening week for like a That Gets My Goat episode or whatever, I would wait until it got to that theater because it was tradition and it was very close. It was the closest theater to me. It was cheap. And I'm also of the mindset of I would rather see a movie in the theater than see it at home. But once that theater closed, holy cow, I probably went and saw four movies, five movies in the summer of 2017. Now, granted, nobody went to see movies in the summer of 2017. But there were lots of movies I would have given a shot at that cheap theater, at the second run theater. And because the second run theater is gone and there's nothing to replace it, I guess some of these movies I will just rent. So the other day I rented this movie called The Circle. Perhaps you've heard of it. Certainly nobody went to it, but perhaps you've heard of it. It's a sort of a techno thriller, sort of a coming of age movie starring Emma Watson as this girl that works in tech support and she ends up getting a job at this awesome media company that's just right around the corner from where we are right now with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. And this company is called The Circle and it's all about social media and interactivity and, and what do you call it when people are connected via social media, all that stuff, everyone being aware of everybody else's every move and all of their business and transparency and things like that. And anyhow, it was interesting in the Chinese curse sort of way. If, if you are going to see the circle, then skip ahead four minutes because I'm going to talk about it for the next five but it did not do well. In fact, I, I, I read somewhere that it did $30 million worldwide. And now that cannot be possible. It can't. Because a movie that is unsuccessful, if it is released, does better than $30 million worldwide. I, I'm just going to say that I read it wrong and it did $30 million domestic. Which for a movie starring... Tom Hanks is terrible. And Tom Hanks and Emma Watson, she's had a really golden year, I guess. At least, you know, she was in that Beauty and the Beast remake that is still making money somewhere. Anyhow, the point I was going to make was that she is the protagonist 
And the antagonists of the movie end up being Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt. <laughs> it, it's not something you would predict. It's, it's not casting at its best. It's not that it was a badly made movie. The cast was superb. It's weird because it ended up being Bill Paxton's last movie. And he and Glenn Headley played Emma Watson's parents. And Glenn Headley just died too. And I thought, oh geez, you know, this is a this is a bad movie in more than one sense. Anyhow, Emma Watson's character gets this job at the the circle. And at first she's just like, you know, trying to be a normal person, but she gets sucked into the social aspect of this company. And I, I, I'm too old to know whether there actually are companies like this, but I get the impression there are. Where there are all these activities going on that are not mandatory, but you're really expected to be there. And there's all these meetings and all these, you know, exercise places and spas and a dog park and places for extracurricular activities where it becomes a campus rather than a workplace. And they're kind of hoping people live there and interact with the other people that work there. And it becomes a, it becomes a cult. I'm just going to put it right there. And the reason I believe these things actually exist is because You've hear, heard stories about people that work for Apple or Microsoft or IBM or Anton LaVey or, you know, these kind of things. And this is just like a sillier, more heightened version of that. And they put some pressure on her to be social and to... I don't know, because the movie moves so fast through things that in a book, which it was based on, have to take weeks or months, that it was absurd. You know, she ends up rising through the ranks of this company at such an insanely fast pace that I felt like, well, okay, a lot had to have been cut out from the book. She meets John Boyega at this mixer, you know, a social mixer, that's part of the company when she first starts working there. And again, I, I, you're going to hear me say this two more times. It just made me feel really old because I thought, wow, really? This is how these things work? And she mixes with John Boyega and I guess they hit it off immediately, but I don't know because there just wasn't enough time to really have any depth that was going on. You know, it's just like, I could understand that she gets into this company and suddenly her, everything is awesome and she becomes fixated on the circle and it starts to consume her life. And eventually, with time, she discovers that maybe the circle is more sinister than she had realized. And she has to make a choice of what she's going to do. It feels to me like, and I, I used, I saw this a couple of times 
when there'd be a mini series that was on television, but when it came out on video, they cut it down to like two hours. That's what this felt like to me. And in the end of the movie, she's learned her lesson and clearly Patton Oswalt and Tom Hanks have not. And so she turns the tables on them and then it's over. We're just left to imagine, I guess, what happens. But there were a couple of leaps like that where time had obviously passed and things had happened with characters. And the movie didn't care enough to develop these things, these relationships and stuff. I'm sorry, I guess I'm all over the place. And I said I would talk for four minutes and it's been a year. A year. A year. A year. A year. Anyhow, a year. it has this happy ending and she goes out kayaking, which is something that she does all the time in the movie. And these drones with cameras on them start buzzing about her and then she smiles and that's the end. I was just like, wow, what did I just watch? This this did not work at all. It didn't work as a thriller. It didn't work as a drama. It didn't work as a romance, certainly. It didn't work as a action movie, espionage kind of thing. It didn't work as a coming of age. I don't know. It just, it, ew, ugh. And I knew that it was based on a book, and so I thought it would be interesting to, you know, do a little reading about the book, find out what happened. So I figured I would call up Fake Sean, who has read the book, and ask him a little bit about it. Hey, Fake Sean. What? Hey, it's Rich uh, Outfield. I was just... I know who it is. I've got caller ID. I am actually in my 80s, but I don't have to act like it. Yeah, caller ID was 20-something years ago. So is it true that you read The Circle? Yes. How, how is the book? It's, it's interesting. It's, a, uh, it's sort of a, an examination of social media, where it's going, but it's also sort of a parody of it. Did you see the movie? No, I heard it was shite. You did? Where were you before I rented it? Inside your head. Well, that, that may be true. So, so you heard the movie was terrible? I heard it has a 15 on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? No, no, no. I'm sure it was even lower than that. So what did you take from the book, ultimately? What did I take? Well, it's unfortunate what they do to my, uh... To your? Your lover? Your sister? Your great-granddaughter? Shut up! No, no! <laughs> a lovely Scottish friend! tries to kill herself. Oh, Karen Gillan's character? Yes. She, yeah, she sort of just disappeared in the, the movie. So, she, so she, she tries to kill herself, and? Oh, and our main character is so entrenched in the circle, so completely brainwashed by it, that she wishes that there was a way that her friend could continue in social media, even though she's in a coma. <laughs> That's funny. You you're, you may have made that up, right? No. No, she she's totally lost her soul to the company. She finds out that it's corrupt, but she's in too deep. She's too much a part of it. Wow. Well, dude, that 
actually makes for kind of an interesting ending. I, I liked that ending. Do you know how the uh, the movie ends? Oh, she outwits her captors. All is forgiven, except for the characters we're not supposed to like. Well, that's dead on, Fake Sean. Dead on, Fake Sean is my nickname in prison. All right, I'm going to hang up on you now. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Rish Outcast. Oh, you poor bastard. Yeah. Anyhow, um, bad movie. Just wanted you to know that. Very sad. So this is a completely wasted episode. I guess I could put this in with something else. Ick. Hey folks, Rich Outfield from uh, the future here. I'm in my flying car right now, <sighs> going to see my robot girlfriend. The best kind of robot, in my opinion. Don't let those politicians tell you different. And uh, I thought I'd just add five more minutes on here to explain to you where this episode came from, what the story was on it. The recorder that I use takes one of those memory chips, memory cards, memory nozzles. And when I'm doing like a big project, like an audiobook for somebody, those tend to fill up. The audio files, when they're uncompressed, are really big. Not as big as video files, but still unmanageably big, and, and they fill up the drives, the memory of those really, really fast. And so anticipating that or, or running into that problem multiple times, I bought another one, and then I bought a third for emergencies that I kept in my car. Then one time I was in the car, and I needed it, and I used it. And uh, it ended up being part of the rotation for a little while until I was savvy enough to say, oh, hey, hey, I needed one in the car in case of an emergency. Come on. Anyhow, I discovered that chip the other day. I was looking for sunglasses in the... My dad used to call it the jockey box. What do you guys call it? The glove compartment? What do Brits call it? The talisnacker. Interesting. What do Aussies call it? The tally snatcher. The... Ah, that's fascinating. Uh, Kiwis, what do you guys call it? We don't have cars in New Zealand. Oh. Okay. Sorry, I got distracted. I grabbed it and I put it in my machine. And it had episodes on it. Episodes of the Rish Outcast. Uh, from a long time ago. From One was from more than a year ago. And it just... Because I never used that particular nozzle. They, they had never gone into the rotation of edits. And so... So the one you just heard, the one about the circle, I edited it yesterday. I got to the end and I thought, wow, that's, there's not much there. I had intended to just stick that in with another episode, with something that was running short. But as you know, oftentimes my, my episodes do not run short. Sometimes, honestly, I get to the end and it's like, well, normally I put an outtake here or I put a song but I feel kind of guilty doing that because it's so long. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe there are folks that are like, wow, a 72-minute long episode. Hanukkah came early. I hope there are people like that. I, I highly doubt it. But still, I've got an imagination. So, uh, I, I live with my sister and her kids. And today, my sister's husband 
uh, I think he lost the keys to his car. And so he took her car to go to work. And so when it came time for her to go to work, she had no keys to her car. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, because it sucks. And so I told her, look, I will let you take my car and just drop me off at mom's house and I can take my mom's car and then we'll switch later on. Wait, why did I even feel like I needed to tell you that? Forget all of that. Let's just change the line to, I had to go meet my sister today. That's it. Easy. And I figured, well, I'll, I'll, I'll record a little something for that circle episode. So it's not a complete ripoff. I mean, it's still a ripoff, but not a complete ripoff. Like I can sleep at night knowing that there were three people that lit. Oh, I already turned off two people that listened to the circle episode and uh, were only mildly upset by it. But um, it's weird. I, I enjoyed talking about that movie because it didn't work. And I sort of wish that I had gone on longer, A, so you would have had more bang for your buck, but also because now there was other stuff that was wrong with that movie. I, and it, it's entertaining. It's fun for me to talk about bad movies and analyze why they're bad or why they're good. Um, usually not why, why they're good. I'm recording this in fairly early 2018, and I recently saw Black Panther again, Marvel's Black Panther, and it held up better the second time than it did the first time. And I, I, we sort of tiptoed around this at the very beginning of the episode of what if we don't like Black Panther? What if it's a bucket of crap? Will we be accused of the R word for not liking it? Because the M word, misogyny, and the R word, racism, are thrown around like you wouldn't believe. He's like, oh, hey, Jimmy, can you turn your music down a little bit? Racist. Racist. Hey, Brandine, what would you like for your birthday? Uh, would you like uh, some rollerblades, a doll? Misogynist. Misogynist. It's just thrown around so much that those words have lost a lot of their bite. They've just become catch-all, fat, bloated, pustule-covered, cystic, flatulent, turds to be stepped in and uh, hopefully stepped around. But he was like, well, what if Black Panther is not good? And luckily it was good, really good. I mean, just everything in that movie worked. And so I was surprised yesterday when I talked to somebody and it's the first person I've talked to who didn't like Black Panther. And he said, you know, I, I, I didn't want to go to it. I put it off for a long, long time. Finally, I broke down and I went. And pff, all of this praise and all of this money and all of the success that it's had, just because of white guilt, just because of special interest groups, just because of certain percentage of the populace feeling obligated to say that it's good. Anyway, I mean, he said all that stuff. And I, I didn't dare bite his head off because, like I said in our That Gets My Goat Black Panther episode, he paid to see the movie and that qualifies him to talk about it, to talk about whether it was good or bad. But part of me wanted to say, oh, well, that, that's interesting because it was that good. 
Because, okay, maybe there is some praise that he, that's heaped upon it because it's an underserved audience that wants to see it. But the rest of the praise is absolutely earned. Like if somebody praises Boo and Medea Halloween 2, you can say, oh, yeah, uh-huh. That's an underserved audience that's really enjoying that. And stupid people. But with Black Panther, it spoke to people. And there was a universality to that movie that probably didn't have to be there. It could have been, it would have been very easy to make it more militant, you know what I'm saying? And to exclude certain people from the audience from enjoying it. But anyhow, I'm sorry, that was just me talking about the circle. Because the episode is completely edited, this episode was going to drop before the episode that is called Creative Constipation. And Creative Constipation is an episode where I talked about having writer's block and trying to come up with a reason to write, a reason to sit down and, and, and start writing again after a long break, where the only thing I wrote was that Luke Skywalker essay. And in that episode, I sort of talk about this idea that I have in the back of my mind about well, it was supposed to be inspired by a Metallica lyric. And, and you'll, you'll get that when that episode comes out. Although, oh gosh, uh, right before I, I started editing the, the episode you just heard, the Circle episode, I found an empty file, a blank file on my recorder. And it was like 25 minutes or whatever of silence. And what causes that is me trying to use the lapel mic, which is something I've decided I will do in 2018 on every episode. I use the lapel mic because it doesn't scratch against things. You don't get rattling. The sound quality is a little bit better, but you have to remember to, to turn on the lapel mic before and after you use it. And I guess I had forgotten to turn it back on during the creative constipation episode. And so there's going to be an empty file there, and maybe, maybe the end of that episode is missing. Anyhow, in this story that I'm struggling with writing, but I, I am writing every single day. I'm trying, kids. I wanted to examine somebody who becomes corrupt from uh, a friend that they have, a, friend, a corrupting influence, right? Somebody that starts innocent and becomes corrupted. And the story is called My Friend of Misery. And by the time this episode comes out, hopefully the story is done, but it won't be available. Big has sort of coerced me into saying that we'll run those on the Dune Steve. And if that's the case, then wow, cool. But I've been struggling with this idea of how corrupt do you make somebody and what is a believable arc of descent. You know what I'm saying? Like, how fast could somebody go from innocent to the opposite of innocent? Which isn't guilty in this case, but I guess corrupt. Um, and it made me think of this book ending that Fake Sean talked about uh, for The Circle. And if anything, he underplayed it. Fake Sean Connery did. Um, at the end, yeah, she has become completely 
taken in by this evil corporation or whatever you want to call it and has become one of the bad guys even though she is your focal character. And I love that. I would love to have seen that in a movie. And I, I think it would have gone a long way to redeeming the circle as something worth watching. Because right now, it's a bad movie. But it's mostly bad because it's so full of holes. And because the motivation doesn't quite seem there. And then it just has such a pat, stupid, easy ending. But if it had had... And, and I, you know, I don't know how good of an actress Emma Watson is. You know, she did a passable American accent in this movie, but that doesn't necessarily make her a good actress. It's just, uh, I, I, I would have liked to have seen her do the book ending where all of the little compromises she had to make morally working for this ultimately nefarious company take their toll to the point where she no longer cares about morality and she has become what she was so repulsed by early in the book or, or, or movie. That to me is fascinating. That to me would be worth recommending The Circle for. Whereas now, right now, I can't recommend it at all. And so uh, I guess this is me tacking on 10 more minutes of content for you. But it's something that I'm keeping in the back of my mind on this writing project. And this, this thing has spiraled out of control. It should have been done long ago. Big actually gave me his story long ago. Shoot, I'm just going to have to re-record that last bit of that episode. But maybe that will give me the opportunity to say what happened with this story and to say what happened with Big's story. And, and that's good. That's cool. That's turning a sow's ear into... Well, it's still a sow's ear, but it's been bedazzled. I don't know if I can adequately write what I want to write in my head, which is a realistic descent into... See, yeah, why, don't, why don't we call the story The End of the Innocents instead of naming it after a Metallica song? I don't know. But it, it's, it, it is interesting. If I can do it well... If I do it right, you see this character taking these steps and you don't like it. You say, hey, 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 you need to put on the brakes. Or, hey, you need to stop seeing this person. You need to cut this toxic person out of your life. We'll see. Okay, so good night for reals this time. This podcast, amazingly enough comes attached to a Creative Commons, non-commercial, no-derivatives 3.0 license. It's free to listen to, copy, share, and delete, especially that last one. But you cannot sell it or make claims on it yourself. However, there is a Patreon fund set up for this show, wherein you can donate a dollar an episode and up to keep it going. Your Patreon pledge could very well save Michelle And who's going to come to save you, Junior?
For a moment, it seemed as if the idiot Sultan's blind... It seemed as if the idiot Sultan's blind might could... It seemed as if the idiot Sultan's blind might could... Fuck. It seemed as if the idiot Sultan's blind might could break the grip. It seemed as if the idiot Sultan's blind might could break the grip. It seemed as if the idiot Sultan's blind might could break the grip. Hey, Rishi Outfield here one more time. Just give me a tiny bit more. I, I feel like... I feel like I had such a good time talking about the circle, even though it's a throwaway episode and it's very, very short, that I thought it would be fun to do it again, to pick a movie and, and just sort of talk about it while I'm stuck in the car. And it occurred to me that Marshall Latham, over the Journey Into podcast, he does that a lot now. Uh, he doesn't really do any of the uh, episodic story shows that he used to do. Uh, but he does the Delusions of Grandeur podcast with me about Star Wars. And then the other thing that he does is he will talk about movies that he watched on Netflix. And because they're no longer new, he... I was going to say that he gives away the ending, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he'll get right up to the precipice of saying, and then Frodo refuses to... Oh, never mind. Uh, you should see the movie. But... I enjoyed listening to that and, you know, having done this episode, holy smoke, a, a, a year and a half ago, we, we talked and said, hey, maybe we could do a podcast together where we talk about movies, but not new movies, unless it's a Star Wars movie, or older movies, you know, classics or personal favorites or un underrated films that you may not have seen, uh, just stuff like that. And he's exuberant about podcasting. He wants to do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I would be happy to do that. We recorded a pilot episode. Do you want to call it that? You know, a, a first episode. Uh, and he chose the movie Duel, Steven Spielberg's first feature. Well, I mean, it was a TV movie. Does that count as a first feature? I don't know. Anyhow, he and I got together and we did this Duel episode. And uh, I'm assuming that we will do more. So if you're interested, go over to the Journey Into podcast website, uh, you know, Journey Into podcast uh, at blogspot.com. At? It's not an email address. Okay. Journey Into podcast dot blogspot.com and uh, check it out. And, and here's the thing, though. Duel is a really, really solid movie. But I thought that on times when it's my turn, to pick a movie, I would pick something that came out and it didn't do well, or it was critically panned, so that we could talk about what was wrong with it. You know, why did this not work? That kind of stuff. Like I said, I think in this episode, it's more interesting to discuss how it failed than to discuss why something succeeded. Maybe it's just more enlightening, more educational. It's, 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 but you know what? I just like it better. So there you go. There's that. Finally, we're finishing this episode. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it was meant to come out before Creative Constipation. And I uh, pushed through and made Creative Const Constipation come out first. Uh, and so there you go. Finally, we're free of this. And I can delete that. Oh, I deleted it long ago. That's why there's a missing spot in the episode. Damn it. <laughs>